This podcast was brought to you by Nature's Tree LLC, an all-natural premium CBD brand. Nature's Tree LLC was founded with the goal of giving people an all-natural alternative that will help one get through the rigorous of daily life. They aim to provide 100% all-natural pesticide-free CBD hemp products that soothes the soul. Be sure to check out the description box for a link to their website where you'll find some of their amazing products. Use the code ANXIETY for 20% off all purchases. Anxious world, what's going on everybody? I thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast. I'm your host Keith. Hope everybody out there is staying safe, taking care of themselves, their family, all their loved ones. Um, I believe this is episode number 73. I said check that, but I believe it is. We 70, we 73 deep. That's that's awesome. And um, we're going to just keep it going on this uh, episode, you know, bringing you those inspirational stories, those stories of, uh, you know, hope and overcoming your difficulties and your struggles and, you know, being a voice for mental health and just um, just bringing light on a subject that, you know, I think I think we're starting to talk about it a little bit more, but we need to talk about it a little bit more, even more. And that's that's what I'm doing. And with this episode, that is exactly what. The, uh, my goal is for people to, you know, come on and, you know, talk about what they've been through and how they overcame it. And um, so the person featured on this episode is uh, goes by the name of Cleone Crawford. Um, she is a mental health speaker, a podcast host, an author, an advocate. And when I tell you, man, she has one hell of a story. Um, she has one of those stories, like I said, just overcoming, you know, sometimes... In life, we go through moments where, you know, I would like to say that we're in like in denial, like we don't really understand. Well, let me say we don't understand what we're going through. Sometimes, you know, we we fight against it. You know, somebody might tell us or a doctor or whoever it may be, a therapist or whoever might tell us like, hey, you're dealing with X, Y and Z. And sometimes we just don't we don't understand it or we don't want to accept it. And um, in this case, you know, Cleone, she went through that. For a moment in time, you know, she went through her trials and tribulations, you know, and um, she 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 found herself. It took her some time, you know. She went through whatever, you know, the things that she had to go through, and you'll hear about it in her story. But you know, she she was able to, you know, when she went through those things, and she, you know, and and she seen all the trouble it was causing in her life. She had one of those one of those those light bulb moments that went off. Was like, you know what? they actually might be right i'm I'm really going through something and i need to accept this and i need to do something about it and she was she was able to do that and she got her life back on track and now she's out there helping other people get their lives back on track and um i really really commend her for that and i appreciate appreciate her for opening up and sharing her 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 life story with my listeners and um it's a very powerful inspiring story you know and uh her story makes me think of this quote that i heard 
and I hope I don't butcher it, but I think it goes a little something like, it's not what you're going through, it's how you going, it's it's how you're going through it, and the things that you learn while going through it. So you know she was going through her her life journey and her struggles and she was able to uh learn from them and then she righted her wrongs and she got it together and now she's a an inspiration for for many of people out there many people out there that's you know trying to get their mental health together so cleone i appreciate you for doing this for me for, for you know for being a voice and doing everything that you're doing with you know for your cause you're doing a lot of great things and you're going to hear about it in this story she's going to tell you about her books that she's uh she's written and uh all of that man so yeah um as far as for the podcast man keep supporting me keep on you know just you know sticking with me we're growing i'm gonna keep doing what i gotta do um like I always say, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Anxiety About Anxiety. And um, if you if you really want to support the podcast, uh, I started to design some shirts. And I'll leave a link in the descriptions. Um, also with a coupon code. You know, that's that's one way that um, you can support the podcast if you want to. If not, you can just be just be a regular listener. I thank you for it. You know, um, I don't ask for much, man. I just want to be a voice. I just want to be a staple in the uh, mental health community. And that's that's my number one goal. So, um, yeah. So the title of her episode, I ain't going to keep talking here. The title of her episode is The Music of My Life is Resilience. So I hope all you guys enjoy this. And uh, take notes, man. Just, you know, take notes. Uh, she's uh, dropping some gems especially towards the end of her uh episode so yeah take notes enjoy i'll be back next week with another inspirational story and cleone once again god bless thank you so much for doing this um so yeah anxious world everybody stay safe stay blessed thank you for tuning in to the anxiety about anxiety podcast what i like to call therapy therapy for your soul have a great great week Hi, I want to thank you very much for having me as a guest on your show today on Anxiety Over Anxiety. I appreciate it. So I'm going to get into my interview. So my name is Cleone Crawford. I am a two-time author. I am a speaker, mental health advocate, podcast host of the podcast Resilient Minds 365, where we tell the resilient stories of professionals, entrepreneurs, and students with mental health mental health challenges um, and also I am a student at Centennial College studying mental health and addictions. So here's my story. So in 2005 I was in my final year of university at the University of Toronto studying history and Spanish to become a lawyer and while there I was taking some phenomenal history African history courses where I learned about elite women doing great things. And during this course, I was inspired to start my own non-for-profit. So my teachers loved it, the idea. So I started it and I put a lot of energy into it, even though I was in my last year of university. The 
the organization was called Black Seed, and the purpose of it was to connect um, professionals with um, at-risk youth, um, at-risk Black youth, so to connect Black professionals with, with um, Black at-risk youth um, and help them to become mentors. It was a really great idea. Um, and I put a lot of energy into it. However, things started to change in my mood. I started to realize that I was so full of energy. I was, um, I was so full of energy. I was surviving off of two hours of sleep a night. I was talking very, very fast. And I was just so charismatic. I was just like on top of the world. It was just a really, really euphoric feeling. But I also started to think that I was a spy where I was on this grand mission to teach people all this information that if I, but I had to be very careful with who I taught this. So I thought I was a spy, it was crazy. To the point that I was full of this energy and I would do this for months and months. And then all of a sudden, all that wonderful energy that I had just came crashing down. Where all of a sudden, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to comb my hair. I didn't want to brush my teeth. I actually wanted to die. And I felt like that for a few days and I didn't leave my room for a few days. And then finally I realized that there's something wrong. So I decided to check myself into the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, which is called CAMH in Toronto. I called a friend uh, who was in social work at the time, um, the social work program, and I called her over and I asked her to stay with me in the hospital while I wait to get my results. So I was in the, I was in the, in the uh, waiting room waiting to see the nurse, the intake nurse, I saw the intake nurse, and then she referred me to the psychiatrist on, on duty. When she referred me to the psychiatrist on duty, the, and I told them my symptoms, that is when I heard the term bipolar disorder. I've never heard the term bipolar disorder prior to this. So, and they said it was bipolar too. And all they recommended for me was to see a, a psychiatrist. So I saw my psychiatrist on campus for six months, which is about 24 sessions once a week. And by the end of those six months, I started to feel much better. So much better to the fact that I went to my church and I told and I confessed to a sister that I was so happy that I now know what was going wrong with me and that I was actually bipolar, that I had bipolar disorder. She then pauses for a second and then she's like, no sister, don't receive it. That is of the devil. So when she said that it struck a chord in me because I really trusted her. And I, so for the next six years, when I would have anything that looked like a, um, a hint of bipolar disorder, I would assume that this is a demonic attack. And this is one thing I wanna just kind of 
put the insert in here is that it's so important that we stop demonizing mental illness. We have to stop demonizing mental illness because there are people out there who are looking for answers. And when you quickly demonize them, they may not get the help that they actually need, which could be medication, which could be therapy. It could be changing diet. There's so many things that is needed, but you have to recognize that just like cancer and other issues could be a problem, so can mental health. So with that said, for the next six years, um, I would feel as though I was not um, mentally ill, but demon um, demon possessed or um, um, or triggered by demonic possession or whatever. So with that said, even during that time, so during those six years when I didn't really have many episodes or any episodes, I would, um, my sister passed. Um, I dealt with the death of my baby sister who was 17 at the time. She died in a car accident, which became a trigger for me for a few years up until, even up until this year, that was a trigger for me. Um, and then on top of that, um, I also became a fashion designer where on, I was on television and magazines and newspapers and the radio. And I was just doing great things. My career was going well. And then I got a job working for the government um, as an administrative assistant. And it was a really good job. So I was doing my government job and I was doing my fashion business. And then all of a sudden in 2012, everything just came actually 2011, everything came crashing down. I lost my job um, and I lost my apartment, which to a flood. And I was forced to move in with my, my grandmother in, a, in, her, in her condo. And I was quite depressed because of that because I've always lived alone. I've always had my own, my own space, my own apartment and living with my grandmother um, was a little bit challenging for me. So things start crashing. So I decided to focus on my business and I started to focus on my business, but things didn't work out for my business. I started to see that that was crashing too, especially since um, the office that I had finally acquired, I had to be evicted because they sold the sold my the lot where my business was and I had to find a new place and rather than find a new place I had to sell my stuff so I was quite saddened by that um I was quite saddened by that so things started to get bad I started to I became manic I started to just post a lot of things on social media send a lot of text messages and um, I clearly was not well, but I didn't believe that I, was, that I wasn't well. I thought that I was fine and everyone else was the problem. And then finally in 2012, which is six years later, um, I, was, I found myself in a mental hospital because my mother told me that I need to see it, go check myself out. So I went to the hospital thinking that they were just gonna say, you can just go home because there's nothing wrong with you and they need to stop bothering you. 
your family. Um, it turned out that no, they said, you need to stay here. You're gonna stay here because you're not well. So I was locked up in the mental hospital for six days and it was a very hard six days. I called everyone, they gave me needles, they strapped me down, they put me in the isolation. It was quite traumatic, very, very traumatic for me. And that would not be the first or the last time that I was locked in a mental hospital because going forward over the next six years, from then, I would have been locked in the hospital up to 26 times. So in three provinces. So I've been locked in hospitals. I've been in hospitals in Montreal, in Ontario, and in Nova Scotia. So, and during those period, not only was I locked in the hospital, I was homeless at one period because of my mental health. My mental health also caused me to become incarcerated twice. Once, and both of them were based on mental health causes. And then in 2013, I remember the first time I got incarcerated, I was going to the border to, to, to meet with a rapper to do a show in Canada. And on my way to the border, unfortunately, they did not let me through. They denied me, which is the first time that ever happened. And they um, gave me a cavity search and um, said that I, they thought that I was, I was someone who was wanted, which was not true. So they sent me back to Niagara Falls. And I stayed in Niagara Falls for the rest of the weekend. And then I decided to come back two days later to see if I can cross again. This time I was manic. I was clearly manic, did not know that I was manic. And they said, no, I can't cross. I got so angry that I started to, I had a magazine with me, actually it was a book, I had a book with me and I started to rip the pages out of the book and throw them around the, the, um, the holding area, the waiting area. And that caused them to get seven officers to surround me and tackle me to the gown, put a mask over my face, take off my shoes, give me a cavity search, and then lead me out into the rain so that I can go back to the Canadian border. When I got to the Canadian border, I was so traumatized by what had just happened that I started to, you know, sing. I started to sing the national anthem at the border. And when I was there, I was, I was so traumatized that I started to sing loudly. And then the, one of the officers said, told me to be quiet. I told her, I'm like, shut up, B. And then, and then she's like, and I spat on the desk in front of her. She's like, if you do that again, I'm going to have you arrested. So I spat again, I challenged her and I spat again. And then she arrested me. She put me in the holding cell. And while in the holding cell, I fainted. Um, I had a seizure and they called the ambulance. And rather than take me to the hospital, they took me to prison. So I was in prison for 10 days, locked on the, uh, on the hospital bed with the, with the 
handcuffs. It was just really bad. And it was just for spitting, locked in the hospital, in, in prison. So I came out of prison after the 10 days, had a criminal record, and uh, I ended up moving back with my mother because I didn't have a place to stay. I moved in with my mother. And while with her, she said that I wasn't doing well. So she told me to go to the hospital. So I said, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the hospital. I'm gonna get my records. And I'm gonna prove to you that I don't need medication and there's nothing wrong with me. When I got to the hospital, they, I told them that I just wanted my records and then they locked me up because they saw signs that I was actually manic. I didn't believe that I was manic. And it was so hurtful because for the next 17 days, I was locked in the hospital. I couldn't get out, was, had no sunshine, no, no nothing. And when I finally did come out because I fought my way through using the, um, le the, the legal procedure proceedings in the hospital, I fought my way out and I finally got out. And when I got out, I went to my mom's home and I started to become suicidal. So for four months, I was suicidal and I tried to hang myself. I tried to drown myself. I tried to overdose on pills and nothing. And then I just couldn't do it. Nothing would work. And I was just, I even tried to jump off a bridge and that didn't work. Um, the police were called at one point. It was just a really troubling time. And when I realized that something was going wrong, I finally decided to accept that there was something wrong with me. So I looked myself in the mirror. I said, my name is Cleone Crawford and I have bipolar disorder and that is okay. And when I did that, that acceptance of the fact that I was no longer in denial that there was a problem, I started to get better. I decided to see a psychiatrist. They gave me medication. I started to see a psych, um, a counselor um, and things started to get better. Um, my life started to change and I'm just so thankful that I made the decision to accept that I had a mental illness and not to fight that decision any longer. So going forward from that situation, even though I had been hospitalized so many times, um, I finally turned my life around. I am now a mother uh, to one child. I decided that I would write a book and I wrote a book about my journey with mental health called The Music of My Life. I wrote, a, I've also written an, um, a co, I also co-authored another book called 30 plus one resilient stories. Everything can be found on my website at www.cleonicrawford.com. And I'm now a speaker, a mental health advocate, and I'm a student at um, Centennial College studying mental health and addictions. And I just wanna say this to encourage you listeners out there that Mental health is not a death sentence. You can still, you still have the abilities to strive and thrive and live a life of abundance despite your illness. You can make it, it's possible. Um, you can bounce forward and you can thrive despite having an illness. And right now I'm finally thriving and I'm so thankful. So thank you for hearing my story. I hope you are encouraged and 
just want to encourage you to keep on pressing on and um, just know that mental illness is not the end. For some, it can just be the beginning. <laughs>